My fellow American, our great country is experiencing an unprecedented public health and economic challenge as a result of the global coronavirus pandemic. Our top priority is your health and safety. As we wage total war on this invisible enemy, we are also working around the clock to protect hardworking Americans like you from the consequences of economic shutdown. We are fully committed to ensuring that you and your family have the support you need to get through this time. On March 27th, 2020, Congress passed with overwhelming bipartisan support the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act, which I proudly signed into law. I want to thank the United States House of Representatives and the United States Senate for working so quickly with my administration to fast-track this $2.2 trillion in much-needed economic relief of the public American people. This includes fast and direct economic assistance to you, underlined. I am pleased to notify you that this, that as provided by CARES Act, you are receiving an economic impact payment of $1,200 by direct deposit. We hope that this payment provides meaningful support to you during this period. Every citizen should take tremendous pride in the selflessness, courage, and compassion of our people. America's drive, determination, innovation, and sheer willpower have conquered every previous challenge, and they will conquer this one too. Just as we have before, America will triumph yet again and rise to new heights of greatness. We will do this together as one nation, stronger than before, and then this really wacky fucking signature by uh, the host of a reality TV show, Mr. Donald Trump. Got that letter this week, Liam. Proud of you. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did all the hard work. I got that letter this week. Uh, that, yeah, that's good, man. <laughs> did you end up getting your stimulus? Fuck no. Ah, I could tell there was a bit of bitterness in that voice. I didn't know if that bitterness was towards our president or if that bitterness was towards the fact that you have yet to receive your stimulus check. Oh, no, it's definitely towards the president. (laughs) What have you done to get your stimulus check, Liam? The funny thing is... Yeah. I'll go ahead. (laughs) What is the funny thing? No, what is the funny thing? I was going to say the funny thing is I'm the only one in the house that's got it. (laughs) I said to uh, I said to Gina and Atran, I'm like, that, I guess I'm seeing the benefits of uh, being a white dude, because <laughs> I'm the only one in the house that's received it. <coughs> ah, but I don't think that's true. I just think that's you know luck of the draw. I think they pick the most handsome people to get their money first. I think that's how it works. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Anything I say to that is going to be politically driven. <laughs> I don't want to waste my one on that. Uh, Yeah, no, it's been a... Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the special COVID episode, as we do on Fridays every week. Um, I try to keep uh, this this shit off the regular show, so we figured we would do a separate show that uh, sort of talks about how we're surviving, how we're staying informed, how we're staying inspired. Um, during our imprisonment, our public imprisonment. Um, <clears throat> so I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you guys are staying safe. I hope you guys are staying sane. Sane is important. As you can hear, 
I have had motherfuckers mowing the lawn every day this week. Every day. I swear these guys are just like, I need to get out of the house. My wife is driving me crazy. I'm going to go re-mow that fucking lawn. That grass isn't even long enough for you to fucking mow it. As soon as we set up microphones, as soon as we set up microphones, the shit comes out. It was fucking dead silent. I should have just been like, Liam, let's do it at 7 a.m. Anyway, so yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. hope you guys are staying as happy and sane as I am. <laughs> How are you holding up, Liam? <laughs> I feel like I can't even answer that because it would ruin my uh, one political statement. So, are, are, Do you want to pass today? You want to pass? You want something to say? What do you got? <laughs> No, no, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I finished up that, uh, that essay for school that I had to finish up. Like basically I finished finals and I've been getting emails from my school being like, Hey, so we know that you, uh, you can't go and and actually graduate. So, uh, how about sending in a headshot? Like (laughs) what? What? Yeah. No, they want to make like a, a fucking, um, a VH ones, like remember the best times or some shit like that. It's, uh, we're gonna have, I uh, oh god, what is the what's the name of that song that everybody plays? Vitamin C, vitamin C is like as we go on, we remembered like that sort of bullshit video is what they're trying to create. Wait, 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 wait. Oh no, man, no, there's wait no explanation. That's it. So wait, your school is trying to create this? Yeah, I got an email from my department, like uh, office manager, and she was like. Everybody send in a uh, screenshot of like your headshot or something. And so uh, we can make a video to celebrate all the graduates. I would ask them. I'd write to them and say, hey, can you make me a very special video? I think you should put it to Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. And it should just be a video of you guys filling out, signing and filling out a check for all the money that I gave you guys for this year. So sign the check with all of my tuition fees and then just... Put that video, put the music to Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, and then send that to me. That's what I want. That's, that's, my, COVID, <laughs> that's my COVID wish right there. Send me that shit. No fucking slideshow about the classmates and people that, that couldn't hang out anymore. Go F yourself. Sign me a check, especially if you go to Harvard. If you go to Harvard, ask them to sign you a fucking check and send that shit back. Uh, how about you take that relief funds that you guys are getting and sign my fucking tuition check back to me? How's that? Ooh, ooh. I got triggered. I got super triggered. Super, super quick. Sorry, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Remember, remember, Harvard gave back their money. Did they? I believe so. I think that's what it was. They I gave it they, back to, to the I, government? I think they gave it back. Oh, man. I might be wrong. I know that we talked about it last week that they got the money. I don't know if they gave it back. Oh, shit. Did they oh. not give it back? Oh. Oh, hey, good news. Yeah. There's two lawnmowers now. Oh, my God. Oh, look, look, listen to how fucking close this guy's coming. Yep, here it is. After Trump's criticism, Harvard turns down federal relief money. Okay, all right. I take it back. I rescind my anger towards you. You guys are admirable now. <laughs> you guys are a great, great company. I think that uh, the guilt that you felt for not paying taxes and then taking money out of that is um, admirable. Oh, cool. Now we have a weed whacker, Liam. I th- we're just going to push through this episode. You guys are going to just be immersed in uh, the landscaping world that I live in. 
Every day, Liam. I swear to God, it's like mosquitoes. The sound of weed whackers. Anyway, so uh, you, you need what to else get is out. new? Like you, you need to get out, man. <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> I did actually. Yesterday was uh, Gina's birthday, and uh, she turned old <laughs> this year. <laughs> she turned into the three O's. Um, but uh, we ended up. Uh, I ended up putting on a pretty good birthday for her. It was fun. We. Uh, uh, quietly, we broke quarantine and drove up into the mountains and had a picnic up in the mountains, which was fun. Um, and then uh, I transformed the backyard into a tiki restaurant and uh, lit the place, tiki torches, to, uh, Hawaiian music. I got my hands on lobsters, believe it or not. I went to H Mart and got my hands on lobsters. And uh, we had lobsters, uh, shrimp. We had like a surf and turf, you know, pina coladas, uh, tiki birthday party last night. And it was a lot of fun. That's uh, fucking awesome. Yeah, dude. It was really cool. It was fun. It's like you forget that it was simply done with lighting, you know, so with a little bit of lighting and a little bit of atmosphere change. And then, you know, we got some balloons just to change the space a little bit. Um, and then when you walk in that <laughs> sort of that enclosed garage thing that we have out back, when you walked in there, it just totally felt like a restaurant. Um, and, uh, it took like a couple hours, but it worked out really well. And, uh, I think we're leaving it up for a little while because <laughs> we want the ability to go to the restaurant for dinner every night. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun, dude. It was fun. Have you uh, have you snuck out at all? Have you been out? Are you still staying in that one room for for ages? I mean, I've I've become one with the room. <laughs> this is what life is now. I've accepted it. <laughs> we uh, no, we got we got lucky because uh, one of my buddies from like community college, um, he he moved in downstairs from us in our building. And so we've got him and uh, a buddy of his from Temple where they went to college together. They're, they live downstairs. So like it, our, our situation during self-quarantine is like uh, a Seinfeld episode where we'll be sitting there in our <laughs> living room and all of a sudden in walks these two guys. And, uh, and then we go on a, a new adventure of uh, conversation and like we, we're, playing, we're playing D&D. Like we just started playing D&D. And so, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a that's a, that's a fun little nerdy exercise because that takes hours. Oh yeah, we've been doing this for a month. Really? Yeah. So you uh, guys are you guys are deep into a campaign at this point? Well, we we wanted to create the world that the campaign is. So technically, we're not playing actual D anD D. We're playing this thing called um, I think it's Dawn of Worlds or something. I. I'll throw up a link to the uh, what the actual game is, but basically it's like you play as a god that creates the world um, and you roll for points and you roll for initiative and out of your points, you're able to do things like shape land. So I could make a river or you can create an avatar such as like, you know, I we created a couple dragons and we placed hmm. them around. We created a hydra uh, in in a northern bay that existed there. You can also change like the the uh, climate of the area, so you can say like this part is freezing and this part is like a tropical zone. 
Uh, you can create races and plop them down. Right now, we're uh, there's three different phases. There's like the first phase, which is where you basically create the land. The second phase, where you populate it, and then the third phase, where you start going into like the politics and different things. There was just a plague that uh, swept over the the men. Uh, of the mm. north and the dwarves uh, created a uh, well. The dwarves and the firbolgs created a uh, what is it? A merchant's guild. We created a merchant's guild from a thing. It's I. I mean, like this is the first time I've ever played anything like D anD D, and I'm uh, yeah. I we can do tell, it. dude. I can it's tell. I can. Exciting. I can. T- I can tell that you're deep into it. You started to drone for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, no, it's cool. A lot of my buddies do play that. A lot of like Lance plays that. A lot of folks are deep into it. I, it's a great. I guess it's a great uh, storytelling medium. It's a great way to practice telling stories and keeping people captivated. Um, I just haven't. Uh, I haven't done it myself yet. You know, maybe eventually. Um, maybe. Yeah, you should totally do it. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Maybe I'll uh, I'll do one about uh, a bunch of angry dwarves that have sharp axes that cut fucking landscapers in half. I know. I'm looking at you, motherfucker. Anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, that's great. That's great that you're uh, you're you're playing uh, board games. Isn't it a weird fucking? Don't we live in a weird time right now where you know? the accomplishments that we're able to, to like congratulate ourselves on are like, I started to play board games and it's keeping me sane. And everybody's like, that's really good. It's a really good thing. Like the, like fucking work has halted. Have you been hearing about all the layoffs that have happened this week? Yeah. Um, in what industry? Oh my God. Uh, the, uh, the travel website industry, what was it? Travelocity or someone like that was like fucking just banging out people and, um, all sorts of layoffs that are happening right now. And there's a bunch of people that I know that work in nine to five jobs that are getting those warnings now from their bosses where it's like, okay, so just to let you know, we're going to lay off, you know, in the next couple of weeks, uh, some of you are going to be taken out back and shot in the face, you know? And it's like, fuck, fuck, you know, it's finally coming down to everybody. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Do you, I, I have statistics to talk about this. Um, sure. Back up my bullshit, please. So, <laughs> Unemployment hits overall like this this week, according to an article I found on CNBC. But it's I, if anybody's sitting here saying CNBC is fake news, I will post two articles to prove this. But unemployment hits thirty million in the U.S. Uh, as of this week. That's crazy. Thirty million. Now, now I want to put it in context. Because everybody's been hearing ridiculous numbers like six million this week and another three million this week. Well, overall it's thirty million, but that means that out of hundred and sixty-three million out of the US workforce, that's what the US workforce is, hundred and sixty-three million, which means uh-huh. just under twenty percent has filed for unemployment. And that's not including a crap ton of people who can't get access to act- the actual unemployment websites that are people like me who haven't even tried. And are people like uh, my friends who are sitting there and saying they got laid off from their internships, but because their internships don't uh, are counting as schoolwork, they can't file for unemployment because technically it was education. Mm. Let's just take a minute here and uh, listen to who is an unemployed. I'm going to shut some of these windows. Hold on a second.
Uh, sorry about the break there. I think that'll be better. Uh, it's insane, dude. It's fucking insane. Uh, the consequences of a virus, what those consequences can be, and the consequences of, of essentially managed public fear. You know, because there's a lot of that going around too. So, um, I don't know, man. It's 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 crazy. Uh, and then when you're sort of sitting around, you see the numbers go down for, uh, infected, you know, there's, um, like Gina and I were talking about the other day and she goes, oh, things are getting better. I go, it's just cause people aren't intermingling. Like shit's not going to get better until they actually come up with some sort of uh, vaccination for this fucking thing. Like, cause you know, if they open up the doors again and we all go back out there, then people are going to start getting sick again. So it's, it's fucking, it's nuts. Uh, and it's like this underlying sort of stress that everybody is either thinking about and obsessing over and becoming crazy about, or they're just pushing it down and trying to just like distract themselves um, with, you know, stuff that they're watching on TV or things that they're doing in order to keep themselves fucking sane. Um, but it's crazy, man. No, oh, hundred fucking percent. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and to watch... And to watch the economy sort of teeter, um, and uh, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out in the back end of this, um, and then when the back end of this is, and then, you know, you, and it's also fascinating to see how people are reacting to it, you know, because you have the people that are like, this is fucking fake, and I can't fucking stand this anymore, and, you know, the people that are hitting the, their limits of their savings, and they're just like, fuck this. I got to go to work. I'm going to break quarantine. I need to go do this stuff. Um, it's tough, man. And I don't, I understand why we need to be quarantined. I understand why that's important for our public health. But I also understand the desperation that happens when you, when you start running out of money. And I think that um, we're starting to see uh, the people that had small savings start to run out of cash and the reactions that they're that they're giving us and then how are those reactions going to change once the the people that have a bit more savings like a month from now two months from now how's that shit going to change you know what i mean it's it's yeah. wacky it's fucking wacky shit uh and, and incredibly stressful stuff that's running in the background and uh i think we're starting to see people go a little nuts because we're how many days in quarantine are we now? We're over 30 days for sure, right? We're in yeah, the, we're either closing in on 50 or we're over 50. That's fucking crazy, man. And, and Mondays are a pretty big day. You know, you wake up on that Monday, if you can remember that it's a Monday. You wake up on that Monday and you're like, okay, another week of this shit. Um, and then it starts to get really desperate now because we're in, I got to write a fucking rent check. Yeah, 430. Fuck, I got to write a rent check. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, we're at um 46 days, 46 days of quarantine. So <clears throat> knowing all this stuff and knowing that there is this this uh underlying stress that uh is running through uh everybody in the general public, it's no surprise to me that the Pentagon decided to release the UFO fucking footage. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think about that shit, Liam? Ah, you know, we, what was it? Was it last year? Yeah, it was last year when everybody was uh, trying to break into Area 51. Mm -hmm. And 
And they're like, what are you talking about? There's no evidence. And now they dropped that. Like I, the, the coolest thing about that, um, that release was the fact that the tracking, the, the, uh, tracking, um, uh, in, information. No, what the fuck is it? Uh, technology, the technology oh, that they were yeah. able to use, um, to, to get that thing. Cause I think it was like in the video that's on Twitter that was going around, there's, it's like a minute long video and it's like 40 seconds in it's this little dot that's just flying across and there's like, there's no fucking way they're going to track it. And then boom, it just locks down on it. And you're like, holy shit. So that's, that's the reason why they're not releasing it. I, don't, I mean, like, dude, what are you, are you do you believe aliens exist? Is that, is that where this is going? <laughs> are you telling what, do me you th- what do you think? You know, you've known me now for, for like the better part of a half year. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think my response to that question is? I, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll be real with you. I don't think I don't think I've ever brought up aliens when we when we talked. <laughs> I think you totally believe that the government is hiding so much shit from us that it's not even possible. But right. I, I don't know. You tell All me. Right. So here's 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 what I think. I think that I think that there are things that I think humans process the fear of death in multiple different ways. And I think that as a species, I think one of our biggest curses that we have is that we can, we can actually project how we're going to die. We can actually look into the future and go, well, generally, uh, as a male in our current, um, in our current society, that I'm probably going to drop around 85. If everything goes right, like if I don't get hit by a bus, if the landscaper doesn't put a knife in my throat because I was giving him shit, um, I'm probably going to be around until about early 80s. So at this point, I'm 41, going to be 42. So I'm halfway. I'm halfway there. Just the ability that we have to do that creates this anxiety. There's this sort of underlying anxiety that rides within all of us. And then you, there's all sorts of different methods to try to maintain that anxiety, to try to control that anxiety. Maybe you do yoga. Maybe you do breathing exercises. Maybe uh, you, you're deep in some sort of religion. Uh, maybe you're deep into tr- tradition. Maybe you're deep into meditation. There's all sorts of different ways to sort of process that same fucking thing that we all have. And there hits a point. I remember being a kid. I remember being probably like uh, 10 or 12 where I had those first thoughts, you know, and that, you know, being awake for fucking days, just going like, fuck, you know what I mean? And, and processing that stuff. And it's a, it's a powerful emotional response um, that we all have. And it's crazy to see how we all deal with it. And then there's there's healthy ways of dealing with it. There's unhealthy ways of dealing with it, you know. And it's sort of luck of the draw. A lot of that is based upon how you've been raised. A lot of that is based upon who you're around. A lot of that is based upon who your role models are. All those different things. So I think that uh, it's a lot easier for us to believe in bigger than us things that don't really make sense than to actually confront the stuff that does make sense, the stuff that is there. And so in a time period in which we're all confronted with the most comfortable post-apocalyptic lifestyle that we've adapted, uh, and we have absolutely zero control over what's going on with COVID, we have zero control over how long it takes to find a cure for it, 
um, we like to sort of extend these um, sentences for us to be locked down. Uh, and it's nice to have someone actually putting those on us. So having like a government that comes in there and says, okay, so it's going to be until this date. And so then that sort of responsibility is being taken out of our hands and put on somebody else. So that way, when that date rolls around and we all feel that anger and that anxiety again, we have someone to blame it on. We can just go, well, the fucking president and the fucking people said that it was only going to be this long and now it's going to be longer than that. And we don't know what the answers are. So we sort of live in this world right now where um, it's uncertainty. It's completely uncertainty. And we're creatures that like to build some sort of rhythm. We're creatures that like to have uh, stability. I mean, that's the purpose of forming a government. That's the purpose of forming a community. That's the purpose of doing any of that stuff is that we bring our shit together, bring our resources together, help shelter us from the storm that is life, help shelter us from all this uncertainty. Um, and so when it comes to stuff like aliens and it comes to stuff like werewolves and vampires and all of these myths that have existed for since we started, um, I think it really comes down to like, you know, if you watch X-Files and there's that poster that Mulder had on his wall that was like, I want to believe. Um, it's people want to have that. People need to have that. People need to have they need to have, uh, you know, a big bad government that's that's manipulating and controlling everything. I, I, I. People forget that when they say the government and they say uh, the leaders of our country, they like to to frame it in some sort of Hollywood way, which is like there's this room full of fucking black suited dudes that all stand around and they go, "This is how we're going to manipulate these people, and this is what we're going to do." Um, I agree that uh, some of that does exist. I would call, instead of calling them government officials, I'd call them lobbyists. <laughs> I'd call them representatives of the companies that we like to support. But um, I, at the end of the day, uh, these people that run our country, these people that are in our government are us. And they're just different forms of us. And just seeing how politicians reacted to this virus in very similar fashion that like if there was uh, a terrorist running through your neighborhood with a bomb strapped to his chest, the same way that all the people in your neighborhood would react. And I was there. I was there in Watertown when they had the bomber in our neighborhood running around and, and doing all that stuff. So people are people. Americans are Americans. We're all from the same cloth. We all watch the same shows on Netflix. We all watch the same memes on the internet. We all react the same fucking way. And we assume that you are smarter uh, than us to get into the government. We assume that these people that are in positions of power have more knowledge than us, which is not necessarily true. Yes, there are people that are incredibly smart that are in positions of power. There are people that are incredibly well-trained that do this stuff. But there's a big group, i.e. the leader of our country, there's a big group of people that aren't. And we have to just remember that our country... Our, our government is made up by people that are us, essentially, one way or another. They are us. And it may not, we not, may not all come from the same economic background. We may not all come from the same sort of privilege. Um, but they're eating the same fucking McDonald's Happy Meals. They're fucking watching the same shit. I mean, 
it, it's completely evident with the president to just sits around and watches trash fucking news all day. We we just watch the same stuff. So he and the, his department is going to act the same way we would act. And and hopefully you surround yourself with some people that know more than you do. Uh, and hopefully you have the ego to listen to those people and prep yourselves for those people. But um, we're just a reactionary species. We're just reactionary. And that's what we do. And so when people say that the government is manipulating us, I, I feel like opportunities present themselves for manipulation. I don't feel like there's a room where people are sitting and there are diagrams on the wall and they're like, okay, so here's how we blah, 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 blah. I think it's reactionary stuff where there hits a point where one could say, if you wanted to get on the crazy train, one could say right now that they have been handed, the leaders of, of our countries have been handed the opportunity to decide when to release folks and to decide when that's the healthy thing. And based on public health, make the right decision. Make the right decision so that we save people's lives and we don't. But there are opportunists, opportunists that are in that same environment where it's like, well, what if we say that there's a shortage of fucking toilet paper? Or what if we say this? What if we say that? Which lines pockets? And for me, with the government, it's always about lining pockets. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no like soul. There's no demon in the in the government center that's like, if I get enough fucking souls, it's just cash. It's cash and money and and stacking. You know what I mean? And so, with the UFO stuff on this long fucking tangent, with the UFO stuff, I feel like they saw something that they couldn't explain. Who the fuck knows what it is? Who the fuck knows where it comes from? Um, this comes from a period of time when the general public, uh, had a lot of distrust, was getting to a point with distrust with the government. And then Hollywood was running rampant with this stuff and creating UFO video or UFO movies. And so that was all big part of the public consciousness, like UFO sightings and abductions. And what does that mean? Um, and this is, that was like during McCarthyism and all sorts of stuff that was happening with the government. So it was like, an artistic response to what was happening politically. And then that exists for how many years in our public consciousness? How many episodes of fucking X-Files do you sit through? And then as a viewer, how excited do you get when you can believe in these things? What is that dopamine release that happens when you're just like, yeah, no, I'm part of a fucking UFO club, you know, and we're, we all get together. You know, and like it's led by the the, the ex singer of Blink One E too. <laughs> like what the fuck? So we're all you know we get together once a week. You ever see that doc on um on the Ghostbusters fan club? Have you seen this, Liam? No, no, I haven't. Dude, this is this is a great documentary on uh, the Ghostbusters fan club. And so adults that dress up in Ghostbusters gear. Uh, and they have formed different chapters of Ghostbusters fan clubs throughout the United States. And I get it. Ghostbusters is a great movie. I get it. When I watched Ghostbusters as a kid, I wanted to wear a proton pack. I fucking get it. I totally get it. And if a bunch of me and my buddies uh, at like 14, 13, 14, 15 years old all got together and we built our own pro proton packs and we ran around in a club, I get it. It's super fucking great. But these guys, as they get older, this is their thing. This is their one thing that they do and that they love to do and they need to do because it makes them feel important. And then they find 
ways to make the thing more important than what it really is in its reality. It's a bunch of dudes dressing up with ectopacks to make themselves feel great, which is cool, which is totally fine. But then they start to make it into something bigger. Well, this is for charity and we're doing this for kids. And we like, I need this to be more important. I need this to be something bigger than that. And I feel like with the UFO thing, it's a, it's a big part of that. You know, we're a lot of people that are in these UFO groups and that are in these clubs. It's important to them. It's their most important thing that they do. It's the thing that defines them. Because if they don't have that UFO thing, then what the fuck? I'm just an assistant manager at fucking Stables. Nothing wrong with that. But my life fucking isn't what I want it to be. Uh, and so I'm going to make it that by doing this sort of thing and believing in this sort of thing and going from there. And I don't know. I feel that way with a lot of religion stuff. There's great stuff with religion, but I feel that way with a lot of crazy sort of culty religion stuff. I feel that way with any sort of group belief shit that starts to, that does, it starts to show up and it's like, okay, great. Can we just acknowledge that the reason why you guys are doing this is because you, you don't want to face anxiety. I get that. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But just say that first. Just say like, I don't want to face the fact that we're going to die. So I've created this thing to help us be distracted from that, from, to help us from actually addressing this. Um, because fuck, if we have an answer, the answer to my anxiety is yes, you're going to drop dead. Yes, you're going to fucking shit the bed. That's the answer to that anxiety problem. So fuck that. I don't want that answer right now. You know what I mean? Push that forward. Push that. That isn't for another 40 years, quote unquote. That's not until the future. So in the meantime, uh, what, do I, what do I believe in? Well, maybe if we do things, maybe if I'm a really good person and if I follow the set of rules, then I won't go to hell and... Uh, and when I do die, I'll go to this place called heaven and it'll be great. Okay, cool. That's a great way to release that anxiety. Or uh, maybe if I do all these different steps, I'll die and then I'll get, you know, 30 virgins and I'll be able to sleep with 30 virgins. That's a great way to say, fuck yeah. You know, I mean, it sucks I'm going to die, but I can have sex with 30 fucking virgins. Yeah, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, I think that all these things are just a reaction to that. Uh, how's that? <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a tangent that was. <clears throat> what's, what's your response there, Liam? Sounds good. <laughs> mm. I had water in my mouth. Don't, don't, make me, don't make me laugh when I had water in my was mouth. Was that almost a spit take? That was almost a spit take. <laughs> you, sounds, you, sounds you good. You asked me if you believed in aliens... I told you that I'd like you to say that, and you went on a 13-minute rant <laughs> that covered yeah. everything from Karl Marx to Noam Chomsky to Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how my brain works. You think I wanted to deprive anyone of that by just saying, <laughs> you know what? No, you don't believe in it. No, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy, I, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's an interesting thing because, you know, being, I guess you could say, I hate labeling. I hate labeling and I hate putting in labels on stuff because I try to change my opinion as often as I can. And I try to adjust my opinion based upon what I experience and based Such upon what I learn. 
What's that? Such a millennial. Yeah, says says the Gen Xer. <laughs> I don't like labels. No, it's not about labels. It's more about just continuous. It's not that I don't like labels because I don't like put people putting labels on me. I just don't want to label myself because that if I shut the doors on that, that means that I've stopped listening. And so it's a big difference. I think that as, as long as you're leaving the option to learn, as long as you're looking around and examining both sides consistently, um, and just because in that moment, what you have heard or what you think you know may be the fact for that moment doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the fact uh, a year from now, two years from now. Who the fuck would have thought we'd all be walking around with face masks on? So I think the trick there, at least my trick, is to try to stay as fluid as possible, have an opinion in the moment, uh, and then always adjust and, and uh, test that opinion with other folks and test that opinion within practice and go like, does this, is, does this still work? I don't know. Does this still work? And at the end of the day, I think that there are a lot of like strong structural uh, things that exist, but, you know, you know, like the earth's got gravity, you know, the planet rotates, but at the, at the, the big issue is that it isn't necessarily whether or not it's fact or whether or not it's that it exists. It's whether or not the public reacts to it in a specific way. I think a big portion of what we have to deal with all the time is public perception and how the public is perceiving things. Um, and right now, I think releasing that UFO footage, uh, not only whatever their internal reason is for it, like whatever that is, I think that there, there's some sort of reason for them doing it, whether it's to continue to get financing, to continue to get their their budget. I think it was like a $23 million, $1.23 million fucking research fund or something. What the fuck? Um, but uh, I also think that it's a great time to sort of release this stuff, to give people something to talk about, to give uh, a great escape from COVID, to give that release. And I think people are gravitating to it. And it's interesting to see how many people that are reposting about it and like, yes, I knew it. And aliens exist. It's like, it doesn't say that aliens exist. It just says that they found some unidentifiable flying object. It could have been anything, you know? So who the fuck knows what the, what that is, but releasing that right now, it's convenient and it's welcomed by people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or do you just, what's your, what's your, what's your opinion on the whole thing? For the last three years, anytime that there's been a serious uh, issue or new crazy conspiracy or some shit like that, uh, this administration has released something that's even crazier to try to get thing uh, the media to shift what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least mm-hmm. nobody died this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> It's it, yeah. That's the uh, that's the slogan of the year. It's crazy, man. It's just it's just nuts. It's nuts. I mean, we have we have a sickness that's going around that was created by us. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's floating all over the place, and everybody's being infected by it. Um, and a lot of people are dying from it. Unfortunately, a lot of people are getting sick from it. Um, but it's just batch it to see how we all react to something like this it's fucking crazy 
it's crazy to see how the general public reacts to it. And it's that anxiety. You know, at the end of the day, it's no matter how much money you have, no matter where you come from, no matter what your stature is, we all have that fucking anxiety. So it's, it's, it's fascinating to watch people react to it and what they gravitate to and what they have to then call their solid and their home and, and their reality. It's like, fuck, my reality's been pulled out from underneath me. What is my new reality? Where is it? And they look and they hunt for something new and then they just fucking latch onto that. And you get, I, I mean, I got a lot of friends that are, that are talking crazy shit. They're talking crazy shit. And you just, you, you see their posts. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk specifics, but you see posts from these people on Facebook. You see posts all over the place. And it, it's, it's so obvious why they're doing it. They're not doing it to make themselves, they're doing it to give themselves something to say, to give themselves something to distract themselves from this. Why the fuck else would you, would you promote your crazy shit online? I love, I love it when people start to adopt new things where it's like, Hey, this, I, I'm on this crazy new fucking diet. I've lost all this fucking weight. And now I believe in this. And it's like, of course you do. You're following all the steps of a fucking person that is going through some sort of fucking internal crisis. Someone that is going through some sort of mental breakdown right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to post that you believe in fucking aliens and you're going to post that you believe in all this kind of stuff. I get it, man. I think what you need to do is take a breath Maybe talk to some people that are close to you and sort of examine that anxiety that is taking over your fucking life. You know? Because that anxiety is doing unhealthy things to you. And uh, I'm, I'm not being specific, but this is, a, this, is, this is rampant with a lot of people that I know right now. Watching them sort of unravel because the reality has shifted on them. You know? Absolutely. As long as you don't kill landscapers. That's the important <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's nice and quiet now. Yeah. That's just me being an asshole. That's me being that's me being upset and dealing with the anxiety that I have that I have to do my podcast here in the house. Uh and I have no control over the sound or the people that come in and out of the space, as opposed to if we had a studio space or something, then I could just soundproof everything out. Uh, so yeah, that's me going a little crazy, you know, how are you, go how are you guys going crazy at home? Those of you listening, are you trying to stay sane? Are you trying to deal with that anxiety? Um, because the truth of the matter is this, it's all mental, right? It's all inside. And this is something I tell myself all the time. Yeah, I'm going to drop dead. I don't know when that's going to fucking happen. Do I want to get crazy about it? Do I want to change my eating habits? I should, but do I want to change my eating habits because I'm afraid or do I want to change my eating habits because I want to feel healthier? You know, do I want to go out and buy fucking ass loads of toilet paper and, uh, and paper towels because I'm afraid or do I want to go buy a roll of paper towels because I need to clean a countertop? You know what I mean? It's it's still ridiculous to me that, that you go into grocery stores and their their shelves are cleaned out. How how is that still a possible? How is that still happening? Is it all of a sudden because of COVID we suddenly all have filthy countertops, <laughs> or like uh, the spills that we had? Like everybody is just randomly dropping their drinks through like twenty times a day, and it's like, well, you know, we gotta need fucking paper towels to clean that shit up because COVID makes us drop our fucking drinks. No, it's just fear. It's that anxiety. 
And what better way to process that anxiety if you can do some passive thing like go buy fucking paper towels? That doesn't even take work. It doesn't even take mental work. Where you're just like, yeah, I'll just go buy these things. That'll that'll fix it. That'll do it. You know what I mean? Quiet. It's quiet on, on Liam's end. I didn't know because you were talking to the audience. Hello, people. <laughs> I didn't know if you like. I didn't want to interrupt them. <laughs> uh, I'm on a rant today, huh? Yeah, it's it's something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. I'm glad I'm glad you're getting it out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's I mean what you guys are listening to is the way that I process my craziness. And you guys have it all pumped into your heads. And you guys uh gotta listen to my bullshit and hopefully disagree with most of it and understand that I am the most passively educated fucking dude. So take anything that I say with a grain of fucking salt. You know what I mean? And what you're just basically listening to on the show is my thought process on how I fucking make it through this stuff. And I will say this. Anything that I'm feeling, any sort of way that I handled this stuff in this moment, I don't expect to work for you. I don't expect any of that. I don't expect you to be like, yeah, Mike knows what's up. Fuck. And then, th- then there's people like... Uh, posting about my shit and saying, like, this is the way to handle your shit. Fuck you. You know, it's just the way I'm handling that stuff. Why do we Why do we do that? Why do we do that as a fucking species? Why do we, like, like find somebody that's posting about stuff and they're like, yeah, they're right, they're right. You know, Joe Rogan's fucking right, man. And you're like, no, Joe Rogan's a fucking comedian, dude. He's a fucking comedian. I'm a goddamn, like... I'm a low rent fucking filmmaker. <laughs> you know, I think the, the most important thing that we can do right now, and you know what, also take this out as, as we get out of our quarantine, just listen to other people, understand other people, understand why other people are doing things. And I'm always looking for that. I'm always looking for that anxiety whenever I talk to folks. Because it's like, okay, how are they processing that anxiety? And what are they using to process that anxiety? Because that literally, in my opinion, that anxiety, that fear of death runs the fucking world. It runs the world. There's a reason why uh, huge corporations are fucking billionaires. They like to fucking use that anxiety. They push that anxiety. Are you, uh, do you not like the way your body's shaping up as you get older? We have fucking the answers on that. You know? I don't know. What do you think, Liam? I think you're 100% correct. Ooh. That was a safe answer. I feel like if I said any other answer, we might go down another 15-minute expedition into your brain. (laughs) I'm worried what else we'll find down there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. All right. All right. I'll back us up. I'll back us up. I'm coming out. All right. I've I've got some some fun news. All right. What do you got, bros? Did you uh, you hear that Disney is releasing a full documentary series on the filming of The Mandalorian? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. 
Yeah. I haven't heard that. That's interesting. Yeah. This might this might be triggering you as well, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, a, cool. that's something that's coming out. And then uh, Netflix is releasing a trailer for, or they did release the trailer for an Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt interactive experience, similar to their uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch interactive movie that they have. Mm-hmm. So these that are other cool. I'm just that trying to throw right. shit at the wall. Uh huh. No, I see. I see what you're doing here. That's that, that's really cool too. Yeah, that interactive experience thing is going to be really great. I hope it does really well. <laughs> Yeah, I see what you're doing. <laughs> I see, I see what you're doing here. But a, le- <laughs> a legitimately, a legitimately good thing here um, that they found. I, I, I'm to the people listening who have to deal with me trying to string sentences together sometimes. Thank you, um, because Spotify just released that night, and my phone just locked, so I can't give you the exact fucking numbers, and it's yelling at me. Oh my god! Mm. It didn't. Mm. The aliens have officially. Uh, locked out, uh, locked me out of my phone. Nineteen percent of Spotify subscribers engaged with podcasts this past uh, quarter, which is up from sixteen percent last quarter. Oh wow! So that's cool. Yeah, I mean, like our numbers went up, and so it's like, thanks, thanks, guys, for uh, once again, thank you for listening. We've we've been seeing consistently large. You know, we're on we're on our sixth week straight of our highest numbers that we've ever had. No shit. No yep. shit. It's wild because I've been looking at our numbers too, and it's it's I, people are listening at stranger times, which is really fascinating. I think before, when uh, people had to go to work, so people had that tr- that sort of commute, uh, we drop on like what Tuesday, and then people would just be like, "Yes, I'm on the bus, I'm driving, bam." But now it's like it's fascinating to watch how like the week after numbers go up on older episodes. And you're like, oh, you guys are catching up. That's what's going on. You guys are catching up. Uh, so it's really cool to see a lot of the new listeners going back and uh, listening to the older episodes of the show. Um, super excited to have everybody listening. I'm super excited that you guys love the show. I hope we've been working very hard. Liam's been killing it. He's been busting his ass, uh, banging out these shows. Um, and uh, we got a bunch of really good episodes. Like last week one was a great one with Grant. Uh, the director from I Am uh, Mother. I almost said I Am Robot. I Am Mother. <laughs> um, really great movie. I, so it blew my mind how many people hadn't seen that movie because it's on a fucking Netflix. It's on a Netflix queue. If you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. I Am Mother. It's a really great sci-fi. Harkens back to like old James Cameron stuff. Uh, it really, he does a really good job tonally with that movie. Um, and I was very surprised. I was very surprised that uh, it came out on Netflix. Then I found out that he actually did it independently first and then went to Sundance and then Netflix bought it. And I went, ah, that makes sense. But I will say this. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Liam, but I just watched a movie on Netflix last week called Extraction. Have you seen this? Take a guess. Yes. No. Oh my God, what the fuck's wrong with you? Look, I just figure (laughs) if I don't watch movies... I will keep the streak alive of not being able to say, oh, yeah, I saw that. And so I think we're up to nine now, nine movies that you've been like, hey, have you seen? And I haven't. So Extraction. You work on a fucking filmmaker's podcast, Liam. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> uh, I feel like there really- needs to be a dichotomy between the two here. So uh, I get it. I get it. It's, uh, it's really great. I thought it was a really great. I think it's one of Netflix's best original movies. 
Uh, it uh, stars Chris Helmsworth, uh, and the, the tagline forward is, a black market mercenary who has nothing left to lose is hired to rescue a kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord, but the murky underworld of weapons dealers and drug trafficking. So it's, it sounds like a pretty sort of stereotypical action movie, but it takes place uh, in India, which is really cool. So the setting is kind of new and fresh, which is great. It almost feels like um, it almost feels like a foreign um, like uh, action film, almost like a Hong Kong cinema film that takes place in India. Uh, and the director Sam uh, Hargrave, I think that's how to say it. Sam Hargrave is his last name. Um, he was the second unit director on the Avengers movies and um, the stunt coordinator on like Civil War, Captain America Civil War. Um, so he he's a stunt guy that comes from a stunt background, so the fights are really fucking cool. Um, and uh, Helmsworth does a really good job with it. You know, after you know being Thor, he's really sort of shaping up to being that action guy, which is kind of cool. It's nice to see him doing that. Uh, it's really great. So definitely check that shit out. It's uh, a good release for Netflix. It's a good escape. Um, and the action's killer. And the tone of it's really good, too. I always talk tone, because tone's so important to me right now. Uh, so, yeah. Check it out. So, I okay. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Because you're t- acting like I haven't seen a movie that's been out for 30 fucking years or something like that. It came out a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And not yeah, only... What? But dude, you're 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 a millennial. You should know these things. Oh, I know it came out a week and a half ago because my roommate saw it and I walked in and I was watching it with him. I thought it was some crazy ass alien movie or some shit like that, but no. This is a goddamn I know what you're talking about. I have seen like 45 minutes of it. <laughs> it was cool, right? It was pretty cool. Yeah. No, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really great. So it's a it's a fun flick. Definitely check it out and support those kind of movies. Uh, because it's nice to see Netflix dumping cash into features and not necessarily dumping cash, all their cash into series. Because I like that sort of wrapped up little story. It's nice. Uh, sorry, I'm stretching. It's nice. Um, so, yeah, the other thing I wanted to talk about was um, I get, and I haven't been able to keep up with it, and uh, a lot of people have been giving me shit for it, but uh, I've, be, I've been getting a lot of messages. And I, like, I'm sure you guys know how Instagram works. But if we're not following each other and you send me a message, it sort of ends up in this requests folder that I try to get to every once in a while. But I'm trying to answer messages from people that I follow and that they follow me first. Um, but I just wanted to go through this folder and uh, uh, address some of these questions that were coming at me. Uh, so let's talk about the first one. I'll give shout outs to you guys. Uh, so this is Adam E. Powell on Instagram. Hi, Mike. I have a lens choice question for you. Not a barbecue question. Sorry. Okay. Well, it's forgiven. Is there a MacGyver of focal length in your opinion? Loaded question. I know. Cheers, mate. You're doing good things with the airwaves, Adam. Okay. Is there a MacGyver length for your focal lens? All right. Well, first... It is triggering. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to rant about it for a second. Um, you shouldn't be thinking that way, right? You shouldn't be thinking, is there a one lens does everything? Um, because you're literally 
uh, deciding to only paint a painting with one type of brush or one paint, right? There are uh, multiple lenses for multiple uses. So like if you're going to use, and you can break it down in the simplest way. If you're going to use a wide angle lens, uh, you might need a wide angle lens because you need to fit more people in the frame. There's more actors that are happening in the frame. You want to get uh, a, a wider focal view so that you can see the action, right? And then dependent upon the type of lens you choose for a wide angle lens, you may be crammed in a small space. You may be in a space uh, that is very tiny and you're shooting in a room and you want the space to feel bigger. And using a wider angle like a 24 or 20 millimeter or an 18 millimeter, uh, the way that the glass distorts that image uh, sort of bows the outside of the walls and it sort of, it optically sort of grows the space. So the space feels bigger. And there's something interesting that happens with uh, lens distortions. So when you get below a 20 millimeter, you really start to get this bowing effect. And so that bowing happens the closer you get towards the end edges of lenses. So dead center generally on those lenses, the subject isn't distorted. And so if you wanted to show emotionally what's happening to that character, if you wanted distortion to happen in that space, you would use a lens like that. Like think in Lord of the Rings when um, Gandalf is in uh, uh, Bilbo's house and he comes over and, he's, and he says to Frodo like, is it safe? Is it secret? And there's that close-up push on Gandalf that he uses like a really wide lens and so Gandalf just sort of distorts as he leans in um, to sort of convey that sense of anxiety that he had in that moment. So choosing a focal length uh, is a practical thing. And it's also an emotional thing. Like if you decide to shoot with a longer lens, if you're 85 or above, you start to really compress the space. You start to really flatten the space. Um, so it also uh, oftentimes has very shallow depth of field. So you're bringing the attention into a focal point that could literally be from the eyeball to the end of the nose. And so emotionally, what does that mean, right? Does that mean that we're in his head or her head? Does that mean that the person has anxieties about the public and they're, they're trying to stay within themselves? Um, but if you also use a long lens and you have that long lens moving, uh, because it's such a compressed space, subjects move faster as that lens moves faster. So like if you're doing a chase sequence, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this, but if you're filming somebody that's running with a wider lens, um, they don't seem to be running as fast as they would be if you're shooting with a longer lens, which is interesting. So is there one, one lens fits all? Um, no, I would say no. But I understand the question, because that question is usually loaded by, I have a budget, so what lens do I purchase for a budget? If you're purchasing your first lens, or if you're purchasing a lens that you know you're going to use all the time, the lens that I would definitely purchase is probably a 50 millimeter. I think the keys to have in your kit would be like a good wide, a 50, and I'll tell you why, and a long lens. So have those. So in my kit, what do I have? I've got this really awesome 24 millimeter macro, which I love. 
uh, which is wide, but it also macro meaning that I can do tight focus. So I can actually come like right in and shoot someone's eyes and focus with that. I have a 50 millimeter macro. Um, and then I also have like a 135. So 50 is the first lens I bought. And I would, I would suggest the, that being your first lens. Uh, because 50, quote unquote, in standard format is the closest to what the human eye sees. I actually think the human eye sees anamorphic because there's two different eyes. But if you want to get into uh, technically what they say for photography, 50 is the way to go. Um, and 50 is the one with the least amount of distortion. 50 is the one with the least amount. It doesn't have as much compression as like a longer lens does. Um, and it's a good lens to have. So if, you, if you're looking for a lens uh, to have in your kit uh, that you're always going to use, a 50 millimeter is the way to go. But I've talked to filmmakers that are like, I shot my whole film with a 50 millimeter lens. I'm like, well, congratulations. I guess that's great. I, you know, it's like I cut through a steak with a fucking plastic fork. Cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you, there, there are options out there. And, and just examine each one of those things. If you want my advice on like what works for you, uh, go rent a couple lenses. And I don't know if they're still doing, I think they are. Unfortunately, you're going to have to go online and rent from online people. So like if you're doing um, photography right now, go rent yourself a couple lenses. And I know a lot of you guys are sitting in the house just trying to figure this stuff out. So here's a good exercise for you. Go rent yourself a 50 mil, rent yourself a long lens, get yourself like an 85 or even like a 135. And then get yourself... Uh, like a 25 or below, you know, uh, and then play with those. Shoot the same subject material with each one of those lenses and see how that changes. Shoot some video with each one of those lenses and cut between them and see how that feels when you cut between those things. Um, and then if you have the ability to shoot somebody like your roommate delivering some sort of emotional lines, um, see what they, what it feels like with each one of those lenses. Like spend the time and examine those things. Rent that stuff. You could rent fucking lenses super cheap, uh, for a couple of days, you know, 30 bucks per lens, some shit like that. So it's not a big deal. You can just rent those and have those for like a week and then play around with that stuff. And then if you don't have video access, if you don't have a DSLR that can shoot video or decent video, just shoot stills. And I definitely suggest that you get your hands on prime lenses because it gets you thinking differently when you have a zoom and zooms are great, right? If you're using them for their, for their fucking really good aspects. But if you just get, you know, when you fucking buy a DSLR and they're like, yeah, it comes with a fucking 50 to 75 zoom. And you're just like, the lens usually sucks. The app, the aperture on it sucks. It's usually like a four and F four and F three, five, which is, useless when you're doing low light stuff and then uh you're never really dialing the lens into specific focal lengths so you're not learning you're just zooming it until it looks right you're like okay that kind of looks right but you're not learning what that focal length is so if you go out there and you get your hands on very specific fixed focal length lenses uh you start to develop a language by saying i really like a 50 i really like a 135 and that would be useful to you when you're working with your cinematographer if you're doing movies. Because you'll able you'll be able to say, 
I think this is more of a 50 or I think this is more of that. And you're just not randomly plucking fucking numbers out because you saw a behind the scenes video where someone called for 50 or it's like David Fincher always uses a 32. It's like, yeah, but what does that do for you? Like, what does that do for your story? So, um, definitely, uh, do the research on that stuff. I hope that answers your question. Did you ever think about that stuff, Liam? Well, yeah, that's why I have, uh, I think I own seven lenses now. No, yeah, that's right. You do. Yep. And, you do. and you're right. When I got my, uh, cause I, I have two Panasonics that are staring me down right now in my room cause I just brought them out. But, uh, I got that 14 to 140 millimeter 3.5, which I thought was good. But I, exactly what you're talking about is like, I thought it was good because I could frame things up, but I didn't really understand the length of the lens or what that did to it until I bought a second lens, which was the 25 millimeter, um, because I have a two point crop factor. So that turns it into a 50 millimeter. And that was a 50 millimeter one, uh, 1.7. And when mm -hmm. the moment I got that lens, I realized what having multiple lenses meant for a camera. And then mm -hmm. I, and then I think over the next like six months, I ended up getting like three more lenses. Yeah, no, dude, it's great. I mean, at that point, you're really sort of opening up your palette, and you, it's, I love it. Like understanding how lenses works not only helps you when you're communicating with your cinematographer, but it, it and it not only helps you when you're looking at what an actor's doing. So if an actor is bringing you something. If they're bringing you some sort of emotion, they're bringing you some sort of genuine uh, moment, how do you capture that moment? How do you, and do you capture that moment in a way that contradicts what they're doing? Or you capture that moment in a way that supports what they're doing and helps elevate what they're doing? Because essentially, unlike stage performance where someone has to project and they have to speak louder, uh, you can project what they're saying, even if they're whispering. You can project that with the lens choice that you're using. So I think it's really important. It's a smart thing. It's a smart question. And I hope I answered it for you, Adam. Uh, let me do one more of these. What are we at? Oh, okay. Let me do one more of these. Uh, basic stuff. Is there a way I can watch 12 cam? I keep hearing about it, but I can't find it anywhere. Yeah, you can't find it anywhere because I don't have it live. The only way that you can see the short is if you drop me a message on Instagram, uh, send me a message with your three favorite horror films and I eventually get to it. I know I haven't got to everybody yet, um, but send me a message with your three favorite horror films. I will then send you a list of instructions on how to watch the movie. And right now, the only way to watch the movie is if you make a donation to the show. Now, I can hear you guys go, oh, Mike, unemployment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. That's why I'm also offering up the special deal with Audible. So if you sign up for the Audible deal and you let me know that you did, and I see that you did, you'll get a link to the show. It doesn't cost you a fucking dime. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it out of you guys. You can still watch the movie for free. So... Let's see here. One second. I get a lot of these too, and I just want to sort of address this on the show. Hi, Mike. Uh, I really hope you're well. I would like to show you the short movie I made in five days during the lockdown. Zero budget, and I would love to hear feedback from you. I would love to watch all of these movies that you guys send me, um, but 
it takes okay so for me to watch five minutes i would have to watch it a couple times and then respond to you i'm just knee deep in doing the show and knee deep in doing the prep for uh this next movie so keep sending me these things and if i have time i'll look at them I think at some point in time, I may do some sort of thing where you can send me movies and then we'll go back and forth on it. Maybe we'll do something on the show, but um, just don't be offended if I don't get back to you just because there's so, so much going on. Um, but I will uh, give you a shout out. Uh, this is, uh, okay, I always hate reading people's Instagram names because it's like, am I pronouncing it right? Because it's, it's gibberish. Uh, Nodar Arts, so N-O-T-A-R underscore arts on Instagram. They should shout out, my man. Um, one more, one more, one more, one more, one more. Stand by, everybody. I know there's nothing more interesting than listening to somebody on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, this is funny. riveting. This one's funny. Uh, hi. Hello there. I am 16 years old, and I was wondering if you could be my mentor to be a director, uh, I cringe as the way that sounds. I appreciate that. Uh, I would say listen to the podcast. Um, I think you need to uh, get a little older before you can get on sets. But um, yeah, listen to the show. I think that's the best way to do it. That's that. That's the healthiest, smartest way for you to learn more about filmmaking. Um, I want to. I want to ask that though. Why is sure. it? Why do you need to be older to get on sets? If you if you can get on, I mean, dude, there's legal there's legal reasons for I know, it. But but all right, what what level set are you talking then? I just okay. Look, um, so the, the the person writing me that was a guy, so it was a it was a it was a young man writing me that thing. So for me to take on a 16 year old young man, okay, sure. But then you, there just hits this point where if you're below, if you're not of the legal age, you're also dealing with intent. And especially in the modern climate, it's just not, a, you, you, dude, you know what I mean? So I, like, I get that. My, all right. So, so the question, like, like the guy wants to get on uh, and, and work with you, get that. What, what should he be doing? What should he be doing? Yeah. Uh, what he should be doing is, um, at that age, okay, so if you have convinced your parents or if you've saved up your own allowance or if you've saved up your own earnings, if you have a part-time job, which none of us do right now, um, then uh, get yourself either a little camera or shoot things with your iPhone and create things. And honestly, take this time to listen and learn from as many people as possible. So... There are great podcasts out there. If you have, I mean, 16 probably doesn't even know what it is. If you have a DVD player, if you have a Blu-ray player, um, get your hands on the movies that you really respect and listen to the commentaries. That is the one thing that is lacking right now as far as streaming service stuff goes is that like director's commentaries have basically stopped. They've basically gone extinct. Um, I think I think it was Grant that I was talking to on our last episode. He's talking about doing a, a podcast that is director's commentaries, which I think is super smart. Um, but uh, definitely go and listen to commentaries, listen to that stuff, and then just play and practice. I gave you that little nugget about lenses, right? Go do that. You can, you know, ask your parents if you can rent 
a DSLR and some lenses from like borrowed lenses or lens rentals or one of those places online. Get your hands on it and start to play with that stuff. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but I did that post a couple of weeks ago where, you know, I, Gina gave me a Hot Wheels car for Easter and I was just sort of sitting there and playing with it and, and, and messing around with different angles with that thing and uh, learning. I, I was like teaching myself how to shoot car coverage <laughs> with the Hot Wheels. And I know you guys are all laughing like, it's a fucking Hot Wheels, Mike. It's not a car. Uh, go back and listen to our episode with Mike Ambrose because he worked on the Fast and Furious stuff. And for those of you who don't know, uh, right before they do action sequences, usually the stunt coordinator opens up a box of Hot Wheel cars and they interact it or they reenact it on the ground in front of everybody with Hot Wheel cars so that they could figure out where the car is going to go and how they drive and what they do. Um, these are all things that you can do at home. So if you're practicing these things, if you're listening to these podcasts, if you're basically what you're doing is you're, you're shopping around and you're building your toolbox. You're buying a toolbox that you're going to build. So by, by doing this sort of research, and there's, there's great books. If you like to read books, read some books. But there's so, much, there's so much out there as far as resources are concerned on how to be a photographer, how to be a filmmaker. Um, do that stuff first, right? And then figure out what it is that you like and figure out what it is that you love and what you want to focus on. And then when we all come out of COVID and then if you're in the area where there are movies happening, then you can go be, go be an extra, go see if you can be a PA. I think, uh, I think you gotta be 18 to be a PA. I think, I don't know if I've ever seen a 17 year old PA that isn't like, you know, the nephew of a producer. So I think you gotta be 18. I think so. Don't quote me on that. But I think for like labor laws and shit, I think you got to be. Like you can be, what, 17 to get your first job? I think I had to be 17 to get my job at the music store. So maybe at 17. I, I was know. working at 16. But all right, so here's, a, here's an alternative. Are they, if you're in high school, would you be able to go and work uh, for like a, a college project? Find, find a college that's got a program like that. See if you can get in contact with students and be like, hey, I want to get on a student film. Potentially. Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. I would just be prepared if you're going to do that, that you may have to have, well, it depends on how professional the set is. So like if you have some friends that are shooting some stuff, if you know some people that are shooting some stuff, go do it. But if you're trying to get on something that is run professionally, just be prepared that you may have to have a release signed by your parents to get on a set, something like that. Um, so yeah, you could. That's a, good, that's a good point, Liam. You could totally do something like that. I mean, the benefit of doing that, and we've talked about this, Liam, the benefit of doing that is that you're actually building connections. So if you get on like college students' sets or if you like have a friend that does that or an older brother that does that or an older sister that does that and you sort of make your way onto those sets, you're building those contacts and connects so that way. And... You're setting up a good routine and rhythm um, for yourself, and you're showing that you're reliable. You're showing that you're dependable. It's good. It's good advice, Liam. It's not a bad idea. You know. Uh, so yeah, that's it. That's all the, for the questions today. I think we're we're pushing pretty long. What are we at right now? An hour and sixteen. Okay. Uh, what did you want to talk about, Liam? You got some stuff that you want to plug or uh, some new information? Um, again, like every week, 
I've got a bunch more other stuff that I can throw into the uh, the comments. You know, uh, California has a, a four-phase plan for reopening, um, which is exciting. Grayscale Gorilla is offering a uh, $150 off for Grayscale Gorilla Plus, and all their plugins are ready for S22. Anybody knowing about uh, Cinema 4D's new re-release? Uh, Maxon, pretty exciting news going on. Um, Cinema 4D Live did a whole thing that uh, is available on Maxon's website where uh, basically if you missed NAB and you were bummed out about that, um, they have all of their speakers have posted their presentations online. So you can go check that out. Hmm. That's cool, man. What's the, uh, what's the California process? What are the, what are the steps? I haven't heard about this. Oh, the four phases? Yeah, the four phases. Oh, boy. I feel like every week I, I just drop something and you're like, no, I want to I wanna go into that one. And that's the <laughs> one that I didn't research. <laughs> I'm like, all right. You've uh, got to be prepared. <laughs> I have literally 20 different sources. You're like, that's the one I want to talk about. Uh, let me see. It's Basically, it's like, you know, they have a plan. Nothing is set in stone. Um, right now, phase one is everything shut down. Phase two is uh, would allow select businesses to reopen in communi- uh, communities across California. Those would be deemed lower risk and include more curbside options for retail locations, manufacturing sites, and small businesses with few in-person customers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, moving into the third phase is uh, allowing for more businesses to open up, uh, lesser restrictions, and then. You know, phase four is basically we're back to somewhat closer to reality. I think it's phase three is when movie theaters are going to be opening up. Fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The other big news is I don't know if you heard about L.A. County. What happened with that? Or the mayor mayor of L.A. The mayor of L.A. just announced that testing will be free for everyone. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Free testing. For COVID nineteen, this is the first city to announce that they will have free testing for any um, any citizens, which is phenomenal. Because the scary part is you're looking at how many, uh, like how, how much of the population in each state are able to actually get testing. The U.S. feds are able to offer up to two percent of American citizens to be tested. Oh, <laughs> so so here it is, right? It's like you're able to get tested. But the tests might not be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the numbers. Like that's that's what it is. And all the, again, all of these the uh, these things that I'm quoting for anybody who's like, mm, I don't believe you. It's in the show notes. So that's good. That's good. That's good. Um, but it's a start. These are, these are these are steps forward, and that's great to hear. It's good. It's good to have a plan. It's good to have a plan to sort of confront that anxiety. It's good to have. Uh, something uh, in place. We'll see. We'll see. I did it. Like we need that. We need, we need, uh, we need uh, not a, not a serve. Jesus Christ. My brain just fucking stopped. We need a serve. Uh, no, we need a, um, an antidote. What's the word I'm looking for? For a vaccine. COVID? Thank you. Jesus so, Christ. So, okay. All right. I, I have, I did the research on that too. Okay. So, where is it scrolling up? Yeah. So, um, the data shows, okay, so there's this this possible vaccine that's 
being worked on by uh, Gilead Science. Mm. So Gilead Science has a positive uh, remdesivir. I definitely don't know how to sp- uh, pronounce that, but it's R-E-M-D-E-S-I-V-I-R, remdesivir, remdesivir, whatever. Um, but basically, they have the study results, and uh, the according to Dr. Fauci, the uh, the guy who's currently kind of MIA from all those updates, conveniently, um, he said the data shows that remdesivir has a clear-cut, significant positive effect in diminishing the time to recover, based off of the studies that have been shown. Hmm. How and, and a study with over a thousand patients have su- supported these findings. However, a Chinese study contradicts it. Hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's one of these things where it's so fucking new, you know. That it's going to just take back and forth and back and forth. That's the thing that sucks about it. That's the thing that you really don't want to think about, where it's just like, yeah, yeah okay, but we need to test this shit, and we need to see the long-term effects of what it is that we're testing on people. So that just means that we need to test the long-term effects. So it's like, yeah. Mm. Now, we, we do have testing going on for another option um, that seems to be U.S.-supported. But uh, it, the tests are kind of, um, they're, they're not really centralized or focused or anything, but people are drinking bleach, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. Like I said. That was my one. That was my one. Yeah. Like I said, man. How do we deal with this anxiety? I don't know. Let's do something that we know is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. The best, the the reality is, look, is it getting better? Probably. Is it, are we going to have an issue pop up again where we see more outbreaks? Sadly, more than likely. For sure. I I mean, I'm no, I'm no, you know, what the fuck do I know? But my mind tells me for sure, for sure, dude. Like if we have outbreaks of the flu, we have outbreaks of cold. We have outbreaks of all that stuff, and then those things mutate consistently. You know, this is a thing. So if as long as we understand that this is... It, it's just going to have to get to a point where we can be comfortable enough with what's happening. You know what I mean? Because it, 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 shit's going to have to get back into place. You know, like the government can finance us for a certain amount of time, but then the government gets its financing from us. <laughs> So, like, you know, people are going to have to go back to work, you know? Yeah. The economy is going to have to reopen again. And it's it's just making sure that the collateral damage is really low when that happens. Because uh, it's going to have to have, it's going to have, I mean, people, you're already seeing, like, the lower of the lows start to freak out in these specific areas. And I don't want to say what kind of supporters they are. I don't want to get into any of that. But you're already seeing, like, the the people that don't like to think too hard about that anxiety be like, fuck this, I'm going out. You're like, okay. All right. That is that specific group. They are going to walk out early. (laughs) And you see it everywhere, man. I see it in my hometown here. My hometown. But the place that I'm living right now. Uh, And I watch these people do stuff. And I'm just like, "Mm -hmm." mm-hmm. All right. So you've you've hit your limit. I can see that. Yeah. When your parents drop dead. I don't want to hear any crying out of you, buddy. So I don't know. That was dark. <laughs> right. 
So the point is, things are going to get better. That's what the message of everybody's being an idiot was. That was the message. Everything's going to be okay. Things are moving. Uh, they're progressing. They're progressing slowly, but they're still progressing. And, they are. And the people who are in charge of fixing this are fixing it. The Well... Yeah, the, the the people who are actually in charge of fixing it, not the people who are in charge of telling us that the people are fixing it or fixing it. Those, that's a different thing. But the, sure, sure. But we are we are seeing progress. We are seeing a plan. We have. Um, I mean, it, Los Angeles is not going to be the only city that offers free testing. That it, they're just the first. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting too, and I don't know if this is on your list of stuff, but I just heard from a buddy of mine that uh, California has finally got their shit together with the unemployment for freelancers. And my buddy actually just signed up for it as a freelance sound technician, and he just got his he's, he just got approved for uh, unemployment. So I'm doing that hopefully today. I have to go through and reapply because I did the old application process. Which wasn't prepared for freelancers, which was like, you don't, you don't get anything. Uh, but apparently there's a whole new thing on their website. Have you heard about this, Liam? Uh, only from what we've talked about. I didn't hear that they actually updated it and it's good to go. But yeah. most, most of yeah. what I'm hearing from is people in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. So mm. California has it in. Like uh, Mike, just uh, my buddy Mike just did it. Nice. So uh, yeah, and he just got it, he got it approved. And they're retroactively doing it. So, oh wow, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So definitely check it out, freelancers in California. I mean, we should have we should have, <laughs> I should have started the show with that, but yeah. So <laughs> it's yeah. it's for all the people who stuck around. Thank you. Yeah, this for, is this for those is what you get. <laughs> for those of you who made it through the dark, the dark storm of my mind, <laughs> fucking Noam Chomsky. And uh, landscapers. <laughs> hey, man, we're all going fucking crazy. I'm going crazy too, guys. I'm going crazy. I went out to uh, buy Gina birthday presents, and uh, I went into Target, uh, and actually bought clothes because I needed new clothes. It was just like, I don't care where I'm buying them. I just need some shorts. I need some shirts. I need to feel like a fucking human being because it's just literally like wearing the same clothes every fucking day. It's like roll out of bed, put on sweatpants. It just feels gross. Today I'm wearing something nice just so that I feel like a fucking human again. So yeah. Yeah, like things are good. Things are good, guys. <laughs> Really stuck the landing there. <laughs> what else you got? Is there anything else specific? No, I think I, I think we're gonna end. I, I personally would love to end this on. I got new clothes, guys. <laughs> no, I'm gonna end this on a nice way. I'm gonna end this on a positive route. Uh, the good thing is, um, there has been so much really great uh, art being created. There's been so much really cool. Uh, photography being made. Um, I know Gina's working on some new techniques. Hopefully she's going to start a new project, but uh, really interesting ways of, of filming people remotely, which has been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, she's got some, I cannot wait for her to start it. 
She's got some really cool techniques that are going to make some beautiful images that no one else is doing. So I'm very excited for her on that. Um, and then uh, there's a lot of really cool creative folks out there that are banging out really interesting ideas. Um, um, it's going to be crazy the amount of scripts that are going to go out uh, when we come out of this because all the writers are just writing spec scripts right now which is interesting. Will and I were talking about that the other day. It's just, there's going to be a huge explosion of this. Um, so we shall see. And uh, cross your fucking fingers, man, because uh, we're pretty close on one of these movies. Um, and it's what I've been doing storyboards on. I've been doing concept art on um, over the past couple weeks. I have to get cracking on it uh, later today and through the weekend. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it's going to be great. And it's it's one of the films. I don't know if I can talk about what it is yet, but it's one of the films um, that you guys have been wanting to see. Uh, and the update is this. We are currently with a pretty amazing production company. And that production company has approved the script that Will has written. And the script is really fucking good. Um. So right before we went into lockdown, they were ready to go out to get the money. And so we're now in the, in the position of sort of waiting it out like everybody else is to see where the industry kind of lands uh, and when things can start again. But they, at one point, were predicting that they would start filming again, filming productions again in like July or August. And so I'm taking this time to prep this movie as hard as I can, which is cool. It's really fucking cool because I'm building some new ideas. I'm building some shit that doesn't exist. And so you have to, you got to dig deep into references on, on, uh, on stuff that does exist and pull from here and there to make it work. It's, it's fascinating stuff. It's also mind blowing how long it fucking takes to do. So, um, I'm happy to have this time. Very happy to be able to do it. Uh, honestly, you know, joking aside as much of the joking that we did on the show, I'm actually kind of relieved that I have this time because it's going to be it's going to be a better film for it. So very exciting stuff. Very excited with you guys. You guys should be very excited. Uh, and thank you, everybody that continuously listens to the show, listens to our bullshit. Um, today was today a dark episode. I don't know if it was a dark episode. I just think it was a real episode. What do you think, Liam? Was it a good episode today? Sounds good. All right, I think that's how we end it. All right, guys, thanks for listening, and tune in um, on Tuesday next week. Liam is uh, in the process of putting together our next episode, which I know he's excited about. You're excited about one of our guests that are coming up, right, buddy? A little bit, yeah. You could say that. Yeah, a little bit of fan, a little bit of fanboy action going on that one. You know, a decade's worth of uh, fandom. Yeah. 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 Do you want to? Do you want to tease? Do you want to tease who it is? Do you want to? You want to tease these guys on what they can expect from the I, next episode? Yeah. Uh, the, what I will say is, it is honestly the funniest fucking one of the funniest people I've ever ever seen. Like, the, uh, yeah, that's that's what it is. Because if I go any yeah. further than that, I'm just gonna go, <laughs> I'm just gonna go on for thirty minutes. Well, and I will say this: by funny, we don't just mean that Liam thinks he's funny. I think also the the credits that this guy has uh, make him uh, one of the funniest dudes as well. You know, he's writer for Saturday Night Live. 
He's been a writer for Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So it's good. It's a good episode. I think you guys are going to really fucking dig it. So tune in next week and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or Stitcher, or any of those other outlets. You'll find us there. And if you don't find us on the one that you listen to, just write to us and say, guys, can you fix this? But I think we're pretty much everywhere. So thank you guys for listening. And thank you, Liam, for listening to me today. I appreciate it.